What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bird Flock Podcast. The preseason is over. The Montreal Alouettes went 2-0, and we are four or five days away from opening kickoff. I'm fired, I'm fired up. up. I'm fired up. Um, Obviously, today there's a bunch to talk about. Obviously, the preseason was, you know, a lot happened. Um, A lot happened. There were some, some cuts that happened that broke our hearts more than others um but Shayner, i'm gonna i'm gonna kick it over to you to start just your initial thought on the preseason the alouettes training camp as a whole um give me give me your thoughts here i mean look uh obviously the first game a uh, low scoring game offense didn't click click too well uh but that's expected uh, you know a lot of guys that uh probably are, are not gonna make it in the cfl and trying to get a chance here and then a new system, a new coach that the team has to rally behind. Uh, game two, I think the offense with the starters looked a lot better. Uh, the starters and guys that are going to contribute to this team looked a lot better. Uh, the defense is the same old defense we've been, you know, used to under Thorpe for however many years it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I uh, want to touch quickly on on Davis Alexander, bro. He looked oh. really good and, and to the point where I'm comfortable with him as the future of the the Alouettes, uh, he's gonna be a quarterback, young quarterback. I think I think we haven't had a guy that we've developed in Montreal in ever. It feels like mm-hmm. uh, I think he could be that guy. Yeah, we we we've tried a few times, but like even even that, it's been guys that didn't start in Montreal. But Davis Alexander starting his professional career in Montreal, dude, he looks so good. And I I posted about this on our story. Um, and obviously you, you didn't, you weren't able to make it to the game Shainer, but there was people in the crowd when, when Davis Alexander took off and, and ran and they were like, I, I didn't know he had wheels like that. I had no idea he had wheels like that. I didn't know he was athletic like that. He is fucking fast and he can get out of that pocket. And like, he, he was the most impressive player to me on that field. He didn't even have like that crazy of stats or passing category or anything like that. Almost threw a pick, but like, just, he just, he just stood out to me. I was I was super super impressed, and 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 you said I couldn't make it to the game, but watching it uh, from home, you just see that even when the pocket collapsed, he didn't panic. His eyes stayed downfield. Uh, he was you know he almost threw that pick, but he was he was aggressive with trying to get the ball downfield when he had to be, and was able to to extend plays when he needed to. And look, this is a guy that's twenty four, going to be twenty five uh, at the end of the year, I believe. Uh, and when we talked to him, we even said it like most CFL guys only start around twenty seven, twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, for obviously locked into that two-year deal uh, to give him more time to develop, and and I'm comfortable with with Davis. And we've always we said you know best QB QB room in in the CFL, and and I think that was even before we knew just how good Davis was going to look this year. Mm-hmm. And I think it just cemented what what we believe. And I I wanna I wanna also like make sure that everyone understands this isn't us saying God I can't wait for Cody to be gone no, in two no. years because let me tell you that first drive that offense clicked like I've never seen before. It, it like everything just worked perfectly. Stanback had like four carries averaged like six yards a carry. It looked great. Cody escaped a sack, like athleticism. We haven't seen, obviously we had VA, um, but like athleticism that we haven't seen out of a consistent quarterback in, in forever in Montreal. Um, the receivers obviously looked great. We didn't even have Philpott out there. Everything just seemed to click, obviously capping it off with a touchdown to KJG. Like, uh, it got me so excited 
And, and that was just literally the first drive of the game, and it, it fired me up for the year. Yeah, no, I think having that running quarterback, um, something they didn't have last year in Trevor Harris, and it's going to open up a lot of run run lanes for for Stanback, and I think that was something that that was visible. Um, Stanback coming back healthy obviously missed you know ninety five percent of last year's season, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exciting to have him back, see him back, and and get the carries, and then just uh, watching Antwi late in the game, even be able to catch out of the backfield. Um, you know, it's it's a three, really a three-headed monster monster with those two and and Fletch. Uh, we obviously know what Fletch brings to the table, but seeing Antwi be able to run like that and and build his confidence and talking to him, saying that that's something that he's kind of struggled with. Uh, seeing that early in preseason was uh, was really good for for this offense. Absolutely. So I wanna I wanna quickly break down. Obviously, there there were some cuts that happened, right? Um, you and I in in the last episode gave our predictions of you know, what we think the roster will look like. Um, but how about we go through everything now, go through all the position groups, and, uh, you know, we can discuss, obviously, the cuts that happened, who got moved to the practice squad, who's, you know, on the the everyday active roster, um, and kind of go from there. Um, but starting off with the receivers, shocking to me, obviously, Chandler Worthy is listed as a receiver, kept as a returner. Um, but the Owls kept 10 receivers, which is, I think, way more than you and I both thought. Yeah, by at least two. Um, but the the ones that they kept on the active roster, Kashawn Abram, who had an amazing camp, um, obviously was with the ones in that game as well. Caught a few passes from Cody on that first drive. Caught Cody's first pass um, as an Alouette. Uh, Reggie Sibasu, Greg Ellingson, Jake Hardy, KJG, Austin Mack out of Ohio State. Hergy came back obviously, and he's uh, he's made the active roster. Tyson. Cole Speaker, and then Chandler Worthy. Um, of those, any names that really stand out to you? Um, I, I mean, I know, I remember the last episode we talked, I said I was excited to see Austin Mack play. Um, you know, I know what type of player he is. I don't think a lot of Montreal fans know what type of player he is. I was surprised to see him make it over Q uh, and Courtney Davis, especially the way Courtney Davis balled out in that first half on on Friday night. Yeah. Um, I think Austin Mack... Uh, in space is, is a great playmaker and I'd love to see him him get more reps out there. Um, I think he's going to be obviously a, a, a reserve receiver and going to have to earn his role right now based on on the the way the roster shape. But uh, Abram, um, I'm excited to see what, you know, we've seen a lot of guys uh, in preseason come out like this and then during the regular season kind of lose their roles or or not earn their roles in the regular season. So I'm excited if he could keep his, his foot on the gas pedal and, and be – you know, a game changer for the Owls, especially, I don't know, we don't really know how long Phil Potts out for right now. If he comes back week one, it would be great. But if he's not, let Abram kind of settle into a role and, and, and build his role in this offense. Yeah, absolutely. And then for the receiver group, um, kept four on the practice roster. Um, so obviously the biggest name we'll, we'll leave for last, but actually kept five receivers, uh, five, four in a returner. So James Letcher Jr., who I thought was going to crack out a roster spot for sure just because of his return ability, um, but obviously with Chandler Worthy there. But I could see Letcher getting into games very early on in the season. Um, Kevin Kaya, Alouette's veteran, Tyler Sneed, um, Shedler Fervius, who as a rookie, I'm I'm so fired up they kept him around. Yeah. I think for him, um, and obviously speaking to, you know, his college quarterback at St. Mary's who was a buddy of mine, Um he he just needs to develop, right? And he he has literally all the tools in the world 
to be an all-star in this league. And, and you saw that in, in the second game, right? He had a few grabs late in the game, made some plays with his feet, um, was super excited to see. He's so explosive. So explosive. And he finally, I, I sent him a little message about it and he, we, we laughed about it, but he finally uh, is no longer wearing number 70. He upgraded to uh, to number 87, actually. So he took Courtney Davis's number, formerly uh, Geno's number, and then the last receiver, obviously, Courtney Davis. He's going to be wearing number 14. Um, and was probably the biggest surprise that he is on the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, I, I was like I said a few moments, moments ago, I wasn't expecting him to get cut, especially after that first half on Friday. Um, and just the, the seeing the guys on the bench with him when he was off was – the vibe and the connection he had with some of the guys. I know he's still on the practice squad, but I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, it's a quick, quick call up. And, yeah. you know, some guy gets, gets hurt. He's probably the first guy up. And it could very well just be a case of getting used to the CFL game, right? It, it, it's, and, and like we said, the, the amount of receivers that, you know, were on this roster and are on this roster and had to try and make the cut is, is insane. And mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, and then jumping to running backs, no surprise here. We don't have to spend any time on it, really. The three-headed monster of Antwi, Walter Fletcher, and Stanback are the only running backs on the active roster, um, or the roster at all, I should say. There's there's no running backs on the practice squad, um, so the only one that was cut was A.J. Rose. Didn't get much time in that in that last game, which was disappointing because I was excited to see him a little bit, but... Um, I was expecting him to go practice squad, to be honest. Me too. Me too. Um, Especially that they they don't have one on the practice squad. I'm I'm a bit surprised. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, the last drive he, he had two good runs, two mm-hmm. what two carries for about 13 yards or something like that. He looked good. So I thought, you know, at least give him a couple of weeks on the practice squad, see what happened. But yeah. And then jumping over to the quarterbacks again, no surprise here. Davis, Caleb Evans, Cody Fajardo, the best quarterback room in the CFL. In my opinion, Cody looked amazing. I was really excited with that. And, and it's going to be really duke it out to see who's QB2. As of right now, if I'm Danny Machocha, I'm leaning towards Davis and then having Caleb in that Dominique Davis, Adrian McPherson role of just dominated on third downs. And you, you can feel very confident that if he has to step in, he'll he'll go ahead and he can win you some games. But um, no surprise for the QB room there. Mike Glass, obviously not added to the practice squad. That's another one I thought he might sneak in there. Um, kind of as a little developmental year on the mm-hmm. practice squad, but he was actually cut as well. So um, well, just the three of them Montreal on the roster. Montreal has a history of keeping a fourth guy on the practice squad. So I was interested to see that he got cut. On a lot of these guys, it could be, you know, cut now and, and brought back later at 100%. some point. 100%. And then <clears throat> finally, the O-line here. It's a little bit all over the place because on the roster, they're listed as like O-line, tackles, guards. So So bear with me here. Uh, the two tackles obviously set in stone here. Nick Callender, Landon Rice, um, two pretty much. You know, you can make the argument they'll be in the running for All Stars or Most Outstanding O Line every year. These two, um, so excited about that. Patrick Davis out of Syracuse, Jesse Gibbon, who we acquired in a trade this year, twenty twenty two All Star Justin Lawrence, uh, future twenty twenty three All Star Pio Lestage, who I'm I'm convinced will be an All Star this year. Um, he he's just unreal. He's he's he looks like a linebacker, plays like an O line, but uh, fired up for him. And then Christian Matt, Philip Gagnon, uh, and then on the practice squad or on the injured reserve, obviously we have David Brown and Sean Jamison. Uh, and then on the practice squad, I think we just kept yeah Jamar McGloster, who's going to probably play tackle. 
he's 6'7", 308, so he's a, he's a big body. Uh, but no real surprises on the O-line either, I don't think. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm the Owls have a good problem here, uh, and that's trying to figure out where J- Sean Jameson goes in when he comes back. Yeah. Um, the Owls have depth at the position, and, you know, I know Christian Matt's getting up there in age, but, you know, you hear the guys talk about how good of a leader he is, and, and, and you know, he's a guy that you need on the team. Um, young guys coming up. Uh, Jesse Gibbon, obviously, who they traded for, was was a second overall pick, I think, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, just never never panned out in Edmonton. Uh, give him more time to develop and and learn from from CFL All Stars and and Justin Lawrence and and guys like Sean Jameson and P.O. Lestage, who you think you believe is very adamantly that that he's going to be an All Star this year. And I, I'm I'm with you. Um, so young guys to learn from vets and and like I said, I know Sean Jameson starting off six six game uh injured list but mm-hmm. it's interesting to see where they're gonna that's not a guy you want to keep on the bench it's not a guy that's gonna be on the bench no. um interested to see where they're gonna slot him in and i believe it, it was you you said you think he's probably gonna be right guard uh when he comes back and i, I think i agree with that yeah i mean look if you look at an o-line from left to right of nick calendar Pio Lestage, justin lawrence sean jameson landon rice that's that's for me back to the days of of jeff parrott josh bork like the, the, those dogs days um, we haven't seen in a while days we haven't seen in a really long time um yeah and, and the depth at o-line is really exciting right you saw it on the first drive too right there, there was so many holes um for why am i forgetting it? for for will stand there was so many holes on that drive um so i think just the balance that we have and how cody opens up that run game a lot it's 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 really exciting mm-hmm. and then jumping over to the defensive side of the ball I'm going to start with a position to get it over with because I tweeted about it and it, it broke my heart, man. So the linebacker linebacking core um, that we kept, obviously Bev super excited for Bev this year, Fred Chagnon, Brian Harrelimana, Bryce Notri, who was one of my favorites in camp too, number 44. Um, you saw him like with pregame speeches, breaking it down, leading them out the tunnel. I loved that. I love that. And I texted you guys about it too. Just how much I, I was fired up to see that. Um, obviously rounding out that group, Terrell Richards and Avery Williams. Avery Williams for me is the the biggest sleeper of the free agent signings that we had this year. I'm so excited to see him ball out too. Um, and then on the practice squad, no linebackers kept as well. So that uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Shaner here, but that's a pretty thin linebacking core. That's six linebackers on the entire roster. Yeah, and. You know, it's a position that Montreal's struggled with in in the past couple of years. So I was expecting them to keep a couple more uh, practice squad and and then a guy that I don't really want to bring up his name because it's heartbreaking and my heart goes out to him and I'm talking to him afterwards and it's a painful situation in Reggie Stubblefield, the guy that I have no idea how we're sitting here today and not talking about him starting at a linebacker position or at no least idea. being a, a, a the second guy up. Um, See, I'm I'm at a loss for words right now that they cut him, and I know a lot of the players shared the same sentiment, and he, he was devastated too in talking to him. Um, but the guys on the roster, uh, you know, the line, the starting linebackers, I I love what they're doing, and I I think that Bryce Notri at the end of the year could be in here, and and learning from a guy like Avery Williams is only going to benefit his career immensely. Like you said, 
I feel like I haven't heard anything about Avery Williams, but every time he comes into a team, it's just tackle after tackle after tackle, and it's he's a hard guy to stop, and I'm excited to go watch him ball out. And obviously my boy Najee making that position change. and Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say, obviously. I don't even know if we can call it a linebacker. I know I know all the, the nickels, the Sams in the league don't want to be called linebackers, um, but no, I'm, I'm fired up to see Najee play there as well. Um, speaking of which, jumping into the DB core, which <clears throat> you honestly could have made the argument that Reggie would have had a spot here too, right? You can make the argument that he could have played DB. Um, obviously, Dequa, who I think will be another all-star, I think will be the face of the CFL at one point in his career. I think that's how explosive he is. There's a lot to say about, you know, a hometown kid staying in Montreal, obviously signed that contract extension this offseason. I think he has the potential to be one of the faces of the CFL without a doubt. Um, but Siante Evans, uh, Krafala Exume, Nafis Lyon, who got a start in the preseason, which fired me up to. I love everything he's doing. I'm fired up to have him here. Um, Najee Murray, J.R. Reed, Deontay Ruffin, and Wes Sutton, obviously with uh, Raheem Wilson on the sixth game, IR or IL. Um, he had a huge end of 2022 um, where he stepped into a role that he wasn't, you know, he he was acquired in a trade, stepped right in, started and made a lot of plays. Um, and then on the practice squad, keeping Montreal native and friend of the show, Tyson Copeland, uh, Kabian Ento, and then finally Cordell Rogers, who uh, I want to touch on him very, very quickly. Cordell Rogers had an unreal second preseason game. Uh, for any of you guys listening, he was number 19. Now we're in number 33 um, on the practice squad, but he had a pick. He had chance at probably two more picks. He had two pass breakups, three, four tackles. He he was all over the field um, on, on Saturday, and he was he was very exciting to watch. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that performance, you know, got like locked in that spot for him. Um, and, you know, can definitely see him being, like we said with Q, kind of being that first call up once uh, once we need someone off the practice squad in that DB room. Um, so very, very excited that he gets to stick around, gets to develop. Obviously, a, a CFL rookie this year, only 24. Um, but very, very excited that he gets to stay around. Yeah, and I think Rogers was was just a guy from the start of the game. Was just, as soon as he got in, he did what he had to do, and that absolutely cemented his his spot on the roster. And I think I even texted you like, "Get this guy a real jersey number," because like this guy's this guy's staying around. Yeah. Um, you know, just the swag he had on the field too. Uh, you know, backing up what he was doing and, and breaking up passes and celebrating, hitting the strap celebration got me fired up. I won't lie. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a guy that's quick to the to the active roster and and look again goes back to the Courtney Davis thing as being a young guy and being new to the CFL is they want to get him as much learning experience as he can. Um, that DB room is is a little crowded, um, and he's got to learn. Uh, you said twenty four years old, he's got to learn his place here. The Alouettes have to learn what his place is going to be here too. Uh, but he's he's going to be on this active roster by the end of the year without a doubt in my mind yeah and then quickly just to jump back to the offense i completely forgot to go over the fullbacks and uh, we kept three of them so david delaire the rookie out of laval um when we drafted him again you described him as the canadian Taysom hill um so fired up to see him there alexandre gagne and james tuck um james tuck was someone we signed in free agency 32 years old like a career fullback um i saw him in the play once 
and he just ran over three people in a row and then dove on someone who was on the ground and then hit someone else. And I just fucking loved that. Like he, he he's the type, he, obviously um, you see here on the roster, his, his profile pictures in a rough riders Jersey. That's when I'm, I'm almost certain Cody, you know, called up, uh, called up Danny Mac and said, you need to bring my guy over here with me. My, uh, my personal protector here with me. Um, and I'm fired up cause he would, he just looked like a dog out there. Um, he, he had like the cowboy collar too, but no, it was uh, very, very funny to see. Um, but then on the defensive side of the ball, the last position, again, I tweeted out after the game, just my initial thoughts of, of everything. And, and the main point that I wanted to drive home was that the Alouettes have the best D line in the CFL. And I'm going to re- read off names here. And I, I'd, I'd argue anyone to fight with me here. Um, so first off, starting off, going with um with what's his name the with um Cordell Rogers the the star of Saturday's last preseason game was Israel Antwin um two sacks few run stuffs few tackle for losses he he balled out came out of nowhere i i didn't hear about when we signed him i didn't hear about him in the first preseason game just came in absolutely dominated again two sacks number 95 um, 23 years old out of Oklahoma State, um, and he's going to be able to learn behind one of the CFL goats, Mondo Sewell, um, Jamal Davis, who will be an all-star this year. I have no doubt about it in my mind. Uh, Nick Henninger, Mustafa Johnson, who had, a, a, again, a great end of year last year, came in, absolutely dominated, 24 years old. Um, Al's first-round pick this year, Lual Uguak. Didn't hear much of him in the um, you know, the preseason. He joined in late, came in late after he had a camp with Atlanta, I think. Um, again, 23 years old. Uh, just signed this past week or re-signed this past week, Avery Ellis, wearing number 23 as a D end. Kind of hate it, but anyway, yeah. not important. Uh, Brock Gowenlock and then Nick Usher. Like that is the best D line in the CFL. And I I I'd I'd invite anyone to argue about it with me. Yeah, for a position we were kind of worried about in the offseason, um, there's depth there. There's there's guys I'm comfortable with coming off the edge and coming off up the middle and and guys that could do both. Um, interested to see what they do with Uguak. Um, like you said, didn't really see much of him. Uh, didn't really see him try and take over a game like we know he he will be able to do in in the future. Uh, learning from from guys like JD and and Mondo is huge for for a guy like that, a first round pick with all that talent in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see that. And a guy that we talk about a lot and Mustafa Johnson, I want to see his role get bigger this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy that came on kind of late last year and, and ran with it. And I'm excited to watch him play. I think most out of anybody, uh, except for maybe JD, uh, guy that could easily lead the league in sacks, mm-hmm. uh, in the right situation. And uh, just depends how, how healthy this D line stays to, to get the pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, and then even adding to the depth more, Jabari Ellis on the practice squad is another surprise for me. Um, and uh, one of uh, another one of the cuts was Vincent Desjardins, who started a number of games last year, who who was cut. Um, I'm sure he'll find a home very very quickly. But um, and then Kevon Bennett as well on the practice squad on the D line. Yeah, I liked I liked what Bennett did uh, late in the game. Yeah. I liked what he did. I. Uh, was still expecting him to get cut, not even practice squad, to be honest, mm-hmm. based on the depth, but happy we kept him around. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of specialists, uh, no crazy, no, no changes at all, really. Uh, long snapper, Louis Philip Burassa, 
Um, and then the kickers and punters don't change. David Cote and um, Joseph Zima, who I'm, I'm very excited about. But the exciting news is both other specialists, Reese Burns, the punter, uh, who we drafted in the uh, the global draft this year, he sticks around on the practice squad. Uh, and then Jose Maltos, who had a wicked game one, hit a game winner, hit five field goals, I think. Um, he is sticking around as well on the practice squad. Another global pick as well. Yeah, no surprises. I, I think everybody knew going in that that Zima and and Cote were keeping their jobs. Just a, a matter of you know what teams have to do in the preseason and and bringing guys on the practice roster. It's something you need in the CFL. Um, injuries happen. Uh, cold weather games out here. Rainy games. Weather's not always great out here in Canada. So guys, you know, slipping on on the field or something, getting hurt. Um, yeah. Need those. You need that death pieces and. Uh, they're not taking a practice roster really, so might as well keep them around on the on the uh, on the practice squad. Yep. And now for you, Shane, give me. I'm curious to hear from you of the position group you're most excited to see, and the position group you're most concerned about heading into the season. <sighs> I think it's the same position, to be honest. Really. And I think it's the D line. Because okay. the depth is crazy, and, and it's been a concern all off season. And you guys have heard me talk about it for ever and ever and ever. And I think they have the athletes to be there, and they have the players to be there to to be the best uh, <clears throat> defensive line in in the CFL. And mm-hmm. when healthy, I think they will be. But a lot of young guys, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys that haven't done it before and need to prove that they could do it. Yeah. Uh, and it's not going to be a quick fix, I don't think, here in Montreal. And to me, um, every other position is kind of set. Uh, linebacker, I think we got dogs there uh, at the starting three guys. Um, so they don't really worry me. Tackle machines, guys that want to get their nose in there on the ball. Mm-hmm. That would be my only other position, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything else, O-line, receiver, running back, quarterback, anything on the offense is, is dead set and packed with guys that could bcfl all-stars and the tv room is, is i'm not even gonna go there and all the talent they have there so yeah. what about you buddy yeah for me the position i'm most excited to see is just cody fajardo uh qb room in general like I, I dude i think he he has a chip on his shoulder and i think he's gonna be dangerous with a chip on his shoulder and i think the whole team has have chip on chips on their shoulder like when we when i spoke to cody fajardo like it, it's dangerous. Don't you don't want to back this team into a corner, right? You, you, I, I'm, I'm super excited to see that. Um, and then my concern, and it's not really a concern even because, like you said, with with Avery Williams and all them, uh, just the linebacking room. The only concern I have is the lack of lack of depth at Sam, right? So let's say a DB goes down and Najee has to step in. Like who steps into the Sam role, or Najee goes down? Who really steps into that Sam role? Um, so that's my only concern, right? And that's, and again, not to beat a dead horse, but that's where Reggie Stubblefield would have been perfect, right? Because if you wanted to keep Najee, okay, Reggie could step in at half, right? He played half. He, he, he played with the ones in the preseason game. It doesn't make sense. So that's where he would just, he would have just been the ultimate flex piece to have wherever he could have played Sam. He could have played fucking safety. He could have played corner. He could have played half. So, anyways, and when I talked to him, he prided himself on on, on being versatile, and that's what right. the CFL game's about. And 
I, I don't get it. I, I'm not going to try and get it. I don't get it. I'm not going to try and explain and back what the Alouettes did on that decision because I have no idea what that decision was, but nonetheless. And and he's just one guy where I think he, he probably, and I hope, I pray, that he got eight other calls or his agent got eight other calls this week. And I'm, I'm positive because he wanted to play in the CFL. He wanted to be in Montreal. He was happy to be here. He was happy to learn a new game. Um, so I, I would have no doubt in my mind that he's getting calls left and right to, to, for this. And, and God, hope, hopefully the house are one of the calls mid season and he, he can come back mid season. But anyways, that, that, that's my, that's my one concern. Um, but yeah, Shannon, any, any last, last thoughts here on, just the preseason in general, looking forward to to week one this week. I can't wait till Saturday night, man. I'm fired up. Uh, Going to be in attendance, obviously, home opener, uh, season opener. Section J1, come find your boys. Section boys, J1. I'm, uh, I mean, I can't wait. Uh, it's exciting to finally get the season here. It's been a long off season. I heard a lot of <clears throat> doubt in this team from a lot of people, and I think it's it's wrong, and – that goes in the in the betting and and what uh, they're setting the lineup for the the over under on their wins eight and a half wins. Yeah, I think That's... it's a lot of disrespect. No, seven and a half. Seven and a half wins. Seven and a half. And it and it's plus a hundred. Uh, I'm not understanding what's. I think they they soar to eight wins easily. Mm-hmm. Um, just the disrespect going around this team and and the underdog uh, mentality that this team seems to to have bought in. I'm excited for it. And I just want to say, I was there for the preseason game, and obviously we saw the the schedule of all the events that they have planned throughout the year. It seems like like the the new ownership is taking this super seriously, right? I think as much as we loved Gary Stern, and we loved, you know, just, just yeah, Gary Stern, I guess. It wasn't, I didn't see any changes, right? New ownership should come in, you should see you know, they, they put their own twist on it. I think Gary Stern, and maybe it was the timing of it, right? COVID, all of that. It was a really tough time. Um, but the the Pierre Carpelado's group has come in now. Um, and I've seen so many changes, right? Obviously, just the new partnerships that are minor things, but they, they make the, the biggest difference. Like a, a partnership with Slush Puppy, right? Just, But it makes the biggest difference, right? You have great popcorn at the game now. You have great fucking slushies at the game now. It makes a world of difference. And then something we haven't touched on yet, um, and I'm positive we wouldn't have had the budget for this or the the idea for this if, um, if we still had that old ownership group. July 1st, we're unveiling third jerseys. I'm fired up. I, I have no idea what to expect even. Uh, like, is it going to be a red jersey? Are they going to go back to like the gray and blue like that 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 they had with the with the the feathers here? Do they go with a throwback jersey? I, I have no idea, but I'm so fired up. I mean, I know personally on that touching on that, I'd love to see a red jersey. Me too. Um, kind of built into the 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 jerseys we kind of grew up with, like the AC days. So, some spin on that, some twist on that. That's what I'd love to red see. Red shoulders and yeah, yeah. But like again, even halftime show at uh at week one, Our Lady Peace, which not my kind of music to be honest, but it's a big name, right? And and it's just it, it's so exciting to see because it's some it's innovation and things we haven't seen from the Alouettes in so long. And um, and I don't think there's a better way to kick off the new uh regime than a Saturday night in downtown Montreal. The only thing that could have made it better is if it was one week later and it was on Grand Prix weekend 
and yeah. everyone just stumbles out of the Grand Prix, heads to the Owls game. We have a packed fucking house. Mm-hmm. Oh man, but no, I, I I am so excited, so fired up, and uh, obviously you'll be hearing from us all season long. We'll uh, we'll bring you as many interviews as we can. Obviously, these boys are going to be locked in, um, so can't make any promises there. But you'll see our faces uh, all year, and uh, we're, 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 we're excited to work on it. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to get the season going. See, you know, see, meet some of the boys and see some of them. Uh, talk to them throughout the year and, and how things are going on in there, and mm-hmm. uh, talk to the fans and, and see what's up and get get some some of their opinions on what the team's looking like and. Just get it going, man. 18 games, new start, fresh start, whatever happened last year happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, fresh 0-0 zero zero right now, and uh, let's yeah. get it going. To end it off here, this is a message to the Montreal Alouettes social team, something like that. I ordered a jersey, okay? We ordered a jersey. On the back, it says Bird Flock, number 23 for 2023, the year we were established this season. I challenge you guys to pass that jersey around the locker room and get as many signatures as you can on it before it makes its way back to me. I don't want to see it with a with a fresh white number pad. No, 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 no. I want autographs. And if I can't get the players, that's fine. Give me a Joey Alfieri autograph, smack dab in the middle, and I'll be thrilled. Thrilled. But uh, I ordered it two weeks ago. No shipping confirmation yet. I'm a little I'm a little hopeful that maybe maybe they took the jersey maybe they brought it to the locker room they said do what you want with this. They can draw on it, they can do anything. I don't care. I I think it would just be so cool. But anyways, uh ladies and gents, that does it for this week's episode. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe here on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify if you're listening on Spotify, and uh we will see you next time.